The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you in part by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Use the promo code SGP at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Ring the bell. We are back in here on the only program that you need to keep you up to date with everything going on in the fight game, the sweet science. It is the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I am the somewhat capable host. Straight ahead, we'll get some insight, some knowledge on a lot of stuff out of the ring and even some of the fight cards that are coming this weekend in Manchester, England and Tijuana, Mexico from Keith Eidick, BoxingScene.com, senior writer and columnist, will be here shortly. Look forward to talking with him in a couple of moments to get some insight. Plenty of news outside of the ring. Uh, the Charlo brothers in the news. Jermel Charlo is his title defense on hold, if not off altogether, uh, in the undisputed title fight with Brian Castaño, the rematch of what was a hotly contested fight last summer, last July, that many, including me, believe Castaño won. Is that fight off? Castaño's arm is hurt. Keith Eidick will have some insight on that. Jermel Charlo, uh, the WBC middleweight champion, twin brother of Jermel, also arrested since last we talked on a a felony assault charge in the Houston, Texas suburbs. What does this mean for Jamal Charlo fighting Canelo Alvarez or not? Will it still happen or not? Keith will have insight uh, onto that. We got a lot to get to. George Cambosis, the lightweight undisputed champion. When is he fighting again? Is Tyson Fury going to get to tee it up with Dillian White? The clock is ticking. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock goes the clock on Dillian White to accept the deal to fight Tyson Fury coming in April or not, or is Fury about to be free to move on and fight somebody else? Uh, we'll wait and see what happens on that. So, so much to get to. Fight cards this weekend. Kel Brook, Amir Khan in Manchester, England. And also Jaime Munguia, the WBO's number one contender, unbeaten at middleweight, former WBO junior middleweight world champion for a few title defenses. He's been up at middleweight for a while. When is he getting a title shot? He's in action in Tijuana, Mexico. We're going to talk more about that as the podcast goes along. Reminder, however you found us, social media link, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Thank you for finding us here. Make sure to follow and subscribe Big Fight Weekend. Wherever you get podcasts, look under the name Big Fight Weekend. We come your way in the preview mode, usually Friday about midday. We come out in the preview mode. 
previewing the entire weekend, whatever's going on, mostly on Saturday night. And if developments warrant, we'll come back in with a recap podcast, breaking news, et cetera. If you are following and subscribing, you get the podcast automatically. More and more of you, thousands and thousands and thousands of you have found us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast over the course of the past two or three months. Keep doing it. Keep subscribing. Keep following us. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Drop us the review. More people will find it under the boxing categories if you rate us and review us. Thank you for doing so, and thank you for a lot of the feedback and a lot of you that are listening and a lot of you that are reading the website as well. All right, without further delay, let's get into some of the news of the week, fight predictions, and much more as we get rolling right now here on the program. As promised, love this man's insight. It has been a little while since we have talked to him. We have actually rung in the new year and gotten into February, and the fight's cranking back up. And I love me some Keith Eidick, senior writer, <laughs> columnist, BoxingScene.com. Love his insight, how plugged in he is with the fight game, uh, the sources, et cetera. Good to have you back here, my friend. Again, as, as the fights become more prominent, the news is flying every which direction. How are things as we head to another weekend? Everything's going great, TJ. I appreciate the uh, the intro. I don't I don't get uh, I love Keith Eidek every day, especially on Twitter in, in many cases. So so I appreciate oh, the trolls. That, the, yeah, the trolls should all take each other out it, it, to lunch. Isn't water. it fascinating that people have nothing better to do with their time? It's kind of sad if you have nothing better to do with your time hey, than that. Look at know? it. Look at it this way, and this is the way that I've always looked at it. They value whatever it is that you're saying or talking about yeah. if they're looking to respond one way or the other. And the trolls again can go hang with the other trolls and waller and misery uh, on that point um okay so as i alluded to just before you came on arguably the biggest news item outside of the ring heading into the weekend is whatever is going on with the undisputed junior middleweight title fight scheduled for march now delayed brian castaño says "Ooh, ouch my arm my biceps but i don't need surgery i need to wait and then we need to maybe have the fight a little later Keith, shed some light on it. You've been doing a lot of reporting. We've been reading you, uh, et cetera. Shed a little light on this situation uh, here on, are we looking at a full postponement where Charlo needs another opponent, or is it only a slight delay? What do we know as we head towards the weekend? What do we think? Yeah, the way it's been explained to me is that they're hoping for about a four-week delay uh, at a maximum. Uh, it might be a little more than that, depending on the dates that Showtime has available. Uh, April 23rd is a date that they're looking excuse me, that they're looking at right now. Uh, it all depends on how Brian Castaño is. He has a slight uh, tear to his right biceps. It doesn't require surgery. They said it would, all it would require is some rest and some physical therapy. Uh, he's been training lightly, you know, doing everything except using his right arm, which is a big part of what he does, of course, using his right arm, but, uh, but he's, but he's maintaining his weight and on the Castaño side of it, they are expecting the fight to be rescheduled maybe four to five weeks after um uh, that then it was originally scheduled for March 19th. The venue would probably have to be different because the dates that Showtime has available, I believe that the at what's now called the crypto.com arena, which we all know right. as Staples Center, right. um, is not available on that night. So they might have to find a different venue or the fight could get pushed back even more. The problem about the fight being pushed back even more, TJ, is there's been real pressure applied sort of surprisingly by the WBO and my colleague Jake Donovan's done a great job following up with the WBO and uh, and Castaño's people today on this story uh, related to um, them pressuring Castaño to provide proof. They don't believe necessarily that their own champion is injured and they're requiring him to provide medical proof of this injury 
I don't know why he would make up an injury and then just postpone the fight for four or five weeks, but it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but they feel that Tim Zhu's overdue mandatory shot at Brian Castaño's title uh, is very important for some reason. And I understand Tim Zhu wants his title shot, but it's not like he's Dillian White and he's been waiting for three years or whatever. Um, he's right in line to fight on the undercard. They're going to showcase him you know, just kind of wait for the unificate full unification fight to play out. You fight the winner for the WBO title, or they give up the WBO title. You fight the next rank contender and you get your title shot. It seems a little odd to me, honestly, that the WBO would take the tact that they've taken or shown of lack of tact even, uh, and dealing with Brian Castaño, who was very patient when it was time for him to get his own mandated title shot at Patrick Deshera during the pandemic and Patrick Teixeira could not get into the country from Brazil for several months, and it was delayed multiple times. So um, I, I think Brian Castaner is being treated a little unfairly in that respect. But uh, hopefully this will be rescheduled when they're saying it's going to be rescheduled. It's an excellent fight. The first fight was very close, and uh, hopefully we'll get the second one you know, maybe a month or five weeks later. Okay, so that's the optimistic look at what you're talking mm -hmm. about. One of the things that I'm floating out there, and I actually wrote about it on our site on BigFightWeekend.com, is I've watched enough of Tim Zhu. He's obviously got the name recognition. Uh, granted, he's only fought in Australia, never fought in the United States, but he's the son of a Hall of Famer. I, I would much rather take the bird in the hand. Here I go again. Like every time we have you on, I start pro portraying things and running scenarios by you that make too much sense, that have too much logic. I would rather see Zhu, who's already supposed to be on this undercard, get the shot at, at, at Jermel Charlo for his three belts, and then the winner fights Brian Castaño, which is what the WBO wants anyway. Again, I'm apparently making too much sense that that's the fight, but I might be more interested in the Zoo fight just fundamentally than Castaño because I think Zoo hits harder than Castaño and would be more of a threat to Jermel Charlo. All right, your reaction to what I just laid out there. Well, I understand what you're saying, but there's a lot of business reasons why that can't happen. I mean, obviously there are contracts and, you know, if, if – if Jermel Charlo were to get picked off by Tim Zhu, is the Tim Zhu fight worth more money for Brian Castaño than the Jermel Charlo fight was going to be? Now, if it was in Australia, of course it would be. But then you're asking Brian Castaño, whose crime here, I guess, so to speak, is that he got injured to then go to Australia to fight when he was supposed to fight on neutral ground against Jermel Charlo, a fighter a lot of people thought that he beat in the first fight. It was a very competitive fight, but I agree. Um, I, you know, he could have gotten that decision. He could he could have gotten the decision. He did not get the decision. Yeah. I got you. People people want the rematch. I'm just concerned that we wait a few more weeks and he ends up saying I got to have surgery and we don't have the fight anyway. And Jermel Charlo fighting once a year isn't doing anybody, including him, any good. I've just correct. You know, that's, that's true. And then, and then you have to kind of, if you're showtime, uh, Castaño Charlo probably would be the highest profile fight that would be broadcast on the network this year, not on pay-per-view, not on its pay-per-view arm, but on the network. And they were, they've invested a lot of money in that fight. So they want that fight to happen. Obviously they invested in the first fight. Uh, there's a narrative to be played out here from showtime's perspective, and they're, they're paying a lot of money in a license fee for this fight. So, um, you know, uh, there's a lot at play here. Um, the fact that Tim Zhu has a little bit overdue of a title shot, I'm not really all that concerned with. He's a very young fighter. Uh, he's got a couple of decent wins on his record, but it's not like, again, he's been wronged in the way that you could certainly argue that Dillian White was wronged before he was knocked unconscious by uh, Alexander Brevetkin. I don't think he's been wronged since then, but, um, you know, the, he, he's, he'll get his title shot. So I guess the, the gist of what I'm saying is, Calm down. 
You're not that old. You're going to get your title shot. Let Brian Castaño, whatever happens to Brian Castaño from now and until four or five weeks from now, I think he deserves the professional courtesy to allow that to play out before starting to make alternative plans. Right. Good enough. Keith Eideck hanging with me here for a little while longer. BoxingScene.com. Uh, love his insight. It seems like so much uh, going on outside the ring. Let's stick with that theme. And then I want to ask you a thing or two about the fights uh, this weekend. Jermel Charlo's brother, Jermall, in the news, uh, as we found out late last week, that he was taken into custody by authorities in Fort Bend, Texas, which is actually a suburb of, of Houston where the Charlos live. This is on an assault charge from back in the fall in his home involving a family member or a close friend or something. So there's great speculation that maybe there was going to be a Jamal Charlo Canelo Alvarez fight in May Cinco de Mayo weekend. What do we know about whether this arrest has clouded that further and has maybe even erased Jamal Charlo, the WBC middleweight champion, out of the picture for Canelo Alvarez? What, what do we think here, Keith, on that story front? Uh, I don't think that it has eliminated him from the Canelo uh, sweepstakes. So that's what we all call it, right? The Canelo <laughs> sweepstakes. Everyone wants a ticket to that, of course. But, you know, the timing, of course, for, J- for Jamal Charlo was terrible. Uh, and he actually spent a, I believe he spent a weekend in jail because yes, uh, there's some law in Texas where you, you know you can't bail yourself out, and he couldn't see a judge until Monday. So the timing was uh, was uh, was terrible for him. I, you know, I don't like to, I don't know what happened between him and a family member or friend or whatever. I don't want to uh, get into any of that, obviously. But um, you know, let that play out the way it's supposed to play out and see what happens. Um, you know, there was a situation. Uh, where someone, Rolando Romero, was under investigation for a sexual assault back in, it, it broke in late October, and he was removed from a pay-per-view main event against Gervonta Davis. Of course, Showtime was distributing that fight just like they would be distributing Canelo and Charlo. Um, I think it's a little different in that it was a, a sexual assault case, and, and it was an unfortunate scenario for Rolando Romero in that he was not charged with a crime and the investigation was closed. Uh, and he lost out on a pretty big payday against Gervonta Davis, which I think he'll wind up making up because I do think that Gervonta Davis is going to wind up rescheduling that fight with, well, or his people are going to wind up rescheduling that fight against Rolando Romero. But so I think the Charlo situation is a little different from that. Um, uh, and and that doesn't mean that he's not guilty or he is guilty. I, I have no idea, like I said, but um, I don't think that'll prevent them from moving forward with a bigger offer than was previously made for Charlo Canelo. And then it's going to be like always, it's going to be up to Canelo what he wants to do. He's the cash cow. He's the biggest star in American boxing and he'll pick who he wants to fight. And, um, you know, and everyone else will have to deal with the consequences, whether they like it or not. We keep talking about there's allegedly a two fight deal offer. Dimitri Bivol, uh, the WBA light heavyweight champion, and then potentially stop me. If you've heard this before, Keith Idick for like the 83rd time, Gennady Golovkin in a third fight. We've only been talking about that for like three years or three and a half years would be the fight this fall of uh, again, there's, there's reporting out there that premier boxing champions is now also saying to Canelo Alvarez will guarantee you humongous money for two fights. And the second fight is likely D- David Benavidez uh, after Jamal Charlo. If he's victorious, uh, there would theoretically be a Charlo rematch. If Canelo's not victorious, if that were to, if that were to happen. Um, all right, have fun. Look into the crystal ball. Which way do you think Canelo ultimately goes here? Does he want to be a light heavyweight? Or maybe he's going to make Bavol come back down to 168 and fight him. I don't know. Or does he take the Charlo door here, the PBC door? 
What do, what do you think on this? I think the most intriguing thing other than potentially making $100 million, and that's pretty intriguing, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but apart from that, if I were Canelo and I were looking at taking the Bivol um, a Golovkin path, he hates Golovkin, like literally like hates Golovkin. He does not want to see Gennady Golovkin benefit from him financially and probably just as soon would not fight Gennady Golovkin. But the, the zone people matchroom people are bullish on that fight it's it's the fight that they've wanted since they launched the streaming service in the united states and became involved in boxing three and a half years ago so they're they're hell-bent on finally having that fight happen but if i'm canelo okay i would fight a 40 year old gennady golovkin be a heavy favorite in that fight because golovkin again would be 40 years old has been relatively inactive certainly comparatively inactive you know as, as opposed to canelo um, so I would look at that as a fight that if I'm him, that's very winnable for me and you're getting paid an enormous amount of money, but the Bivol fight looking ahead, I don't think Bivol is capable of beating Canelo Alvarez, despite with some of the know-it-alls on Twitter would have you believe, uh, he's a very good boxer. Um, you know, he, he's faster than Canelo has faster feet. He would be problematic for Canelo, but he's not a big puncher for, for a 75. The fight would be at 175 pounds, by the way, TJ. That, that's where I'm headed with this. Because if he were to beat Bivol, and then he goes and fights Gennady Golovkin in a 168-pound unification fight, and I'm not saying that Gennady Golovkin cannot be competitive with Canelo at this point, but Canelo would be a decided favorite, I think, right? So let's just say he beats Bivol, who, who is not a big puncher for a light heavyweight, uh, could outbox Canelo, but... I've yet to see anyone beat Canelo Alvarez on the scorecards, whether they beat him or not. So I don't know why that would be any different. <laughs> right. Nevertheless, let's just say he beats Bivol and then he beats Golovkin. He's then in a position where he could fight the winner of the Artur Bederbiev, Joe Smith Jr. fight for all of the light heavyweight titles. That would be the thing if I'm Canelo Alvarez looking one, two, three steps ahead. That's the picture that I would look at if I were him, in addition to $100 million, which who wouldn't be looking at that? But he, he, would, he would get an opportunity, in his mind anyway, if he beats Bivol, beats Golovkin, get an opportunity to become an undisputed champion and yet another weight class. And, right. get more, and get more, sorry, TJ, but and get more credit because he would have beaten Bivol and better Biev as opposed to beating Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith, and um, and Caleb, Caleb Plant, who are right. solid fighters, all undefeated, but lesser fighters. Uh, I still, I, I still think the Jamal Charlo fight, out of all those names you mentioned, is more interesting. And I'm not, I, I'm just saying he seems to have, uh, you know, punching power, uh, drawing card. Don't know if it'll ever happen. Don't know if he even goes that way. We'll find out. Um, and the undisputed thing to be undisputed super middleweight champion, and then undisputed at light heavyweight. Uh, as well at 175 would definitely be uh, intriguing. Quick answer is the junior Makabu cruiserweight stuff from what you're hearing that has seemingly gone cold, that that would not be part of either offer. That fight is not on the table, not realistic. When we thought last November, December, that might be the next fight for Canelo Alvarez to move up to cruiserweight of all things. I don't want to sound like a broken record or a uh, know-it-all here, but um I repeatedly told people in the fall that under no circumstances was that fight going to happen for this very reason. Who in their right mind would have paid for it? Who would pay right. the winner of a fight from the Congo, from a guy from the Congo Republic and South Africa 
for a cruiserweight title that no one really cares about in a division that is, you know, probably the most ignored division in boxing history. Um, who would have paid Canelo Alvarez 40 to $50 million to fight the turned out Macabu won the fight, but who was paying for that and why <laughs> Al right. Heyman certainly wouldn't have paid for it because, and the other thing is Don King is, was the promoter of, you would have had to have paid Don King. He tends to start at about 10 million just for Don. Right. So who, so who in their right mind would have paid? Al and Heyman by, and by the way, this is not 1980s and 90s Don King who doesn't have 30, 40, 50 million to pay Canelo Alvarez and do it himself, which is part of your of point. Course. So, of course, yeah. So, and who, so el- yeah. And who else is going to step up of the other dance partners at the zone, top rank, or whatever to have that? It's not going to happen. It's not going to end and, up happening. And, I understand and, that. And TJ, the other thing that I thought was very interesting, Eddie Reynoso, at the um, the WBC convention in mid-November, he he went up and made this pitch to the WBC to make Canelo Alvarez, the mandatory challenger for Macabu, which they did. Um, and Canelo Alvarez about a month, he didn't say anything necessarily. And people jumped on that story and they said, well, look, he, he Eddie Reynoso said, so he's fighting Macabu case closed. And then Canelo came along kind of like, I don't know, out of, out of nowhere, maybe six or seven weeks later and said, listen, this was all Eddie Reynoso's idea. I don't care. I don't really care if I do that or not, to be honest. That's going to affect what he said. Because after Which, Eddie said it, we realized nobody's going to pay for it. Your point. Yeah. That, 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 so now and we also, move on you know, to the money. Yeah. Other, the other thing maybe too, from Canelo's perspective, I mean, Canelo is a very smart guy. I mean, you know, look at the way he's matched. Now he's, he deserves every penny that he gets. He's become the biggest star in the sport in, in America, certainly. Uh, but he's been a smart matchmaker too. And at a certain point, if you're five foot eight and you started your career as a uh, as a junior welterweight, you're not fighting guys that are 190 pounds. It's, yeah. At some point, you're biting off too much. Yep. And, and Makabu, while limited, is a big puncher. And, and and you know, look, if he fought him at the cruiserweight limit of 200 pounds. Canelo's asking for problems, but what they probably would have done is to get him to fight at a catch weight and Macabre will do it. He'll, he'll come and dance around sure. on one leg for that payday. Right. So he doesn't care. Um, but then you're not going to get credit for what you, if you, if you weight drain the, the cruiserweight champion and bring him down to a catch weight of, I don't know, 187 or whatever it might've been, then you're not even going to get credit for it anyway. So what's the point? Follow the money. Another big part of this. One more moment with Keith Eidek, BoxingScene.com. So we got two prominent fight cards. Uh, Amir Khan, uh, Kel Brook, Manchester, England, Saturday afternoon, U.S. time. Uh, a, a fight that was ideal for like 2015 or maybe 2013. Now here we are in 2022. We have that one. I don't know where that registers on your interest meter. The WBO number one middleweight is Jaime Munguia, unbeaten out of Mexico. Uh, fighting Demetrius Ballard, not to be confused at the press conference when it was uttered that he was fighting Demetrius Andrade. Andrade is not there. It's Demetrius Ballard that's in this fight with Jaime Munguia uh, for this weekend. Do either one of those intrigue you? Munguia on DAZN with the Golden Boy Show from Mexico, uh, Sky Sports, um, and, and top rank have the uh, have the fight, uh, Kel Brook, Amir Khan in the United States Saturday afternoon, Manchester, England. Do either one of those register for you? I know you're a fight guy, but intrigued at all by the one yeah i think mungi is a fun fighter to watch you know i i want to see him uh you know he's the mandatory or he was the mandatory for uh demetrius andrade um i, I want to see him fight somebody at some point i'm here in the middleweight division but he's always fun to watch i thought he showed improvement and he looked very good in his fight against gabe rosado who was coming off the a huge knockout win against beck the bully um so yeah so mungi is a fun fighter to watch the zone has something there in mungia in that um you know 
the subscribers react to him. You know, he's, he's behind Ryan Garcia. And when Canelo was on there, I believe he's the third most watched fighter that they regularly stream on DAZN. So he has a fan base. Uh, you know, Mexican people obviously are very passionate about boxing and, and Munguia is a fun fighter to watch. He has a lot of defensive flaws, but he brings it and he's always an action fight. So, so yes, I don't think Demetrius Ballard has much of a chance to beat him, but um, I, I would have been excited if it was Demetrius Android, as you mentioned <laughs> earlier, <laughs> be much more excited about that. But, uh, but, you know, look, a life-changing, potentially life-changing opportunity for Ballard. So good for him for getting that chance. And as it relates to Kel Brook and uh, Amir Khan, of course the fight should have happened a long time ago. But one thing that that those of us on this side of the pond, as they say, should be jealous of, <clears throat> excuse me, particularly as it relates to people who make their living in boxing, is that the British fans love boxing. I mean, they yep. really do. So you know, if, if you came over here with, I don't know, pick two 35 year old guys that are way past their prime in the U S you wouldn't sell out a, you know, 20,000 seat arena in seven minutes. And, and people are so still fascinated by this con Brook rivalry. That's what happened back in December. They sold out in less than 10 minutes. Um, it's a big event over there on sky sports. Um, you know, it's on ESPN plus here in the United States and look, they're, they're comparable, right? I mean, they're both 35, both former welterweight champions. Khan was also a junior welterweight champion. Uh, both have, you know, Khan is a bigger star, so to speak, but Brooke has probably the better resume in that. I mean, the guy, I mean, how do you not respect Kel Brook, right? The guy said, yeah, I'm a welterweight. I'll go fight Gennady Golovkin. I mean, yep. who does that, right? I mean, that that's pretty, and gotten his face broken apart and then fought Errol Spence and got his face broken apart again and then came and fought Terrence Crawford. And I mean, if you got his face broken again in that, well, fight, uh, yes. yeah, not, li- yeah, I meant literally in the other two fights, but yeah, but, but the point is, is you need a dump truck for what Kel Brooks got going on. You know what I mean? So, so the guy, he, you have to respect Kel Brook, Amir Khan, you know, people have, um, look, he's been smart, his smart businessman. He's taken big money fights and everything. And also credit to him. He, he said, uh, it's almost six years ago now, believe it or not, time goes so fast, but he said, yeah, I'll fight Canelo. I'm a welterweight, but I'll fight Canelo. And he got knocked unconscious, unfortunately, for yep. him. But but these are two guys with like, you know, with some stones, you know what I mean? I mean, come on, these, these guys. And so if they're getting a big payday at 35 years old, well past their primes, well, they've earned it. No, no and problem. the British fans want it. And the British fans point. want it. Yeah, absolutely. And so yep. we will also peep at it as you will, we will, and we'll see what we get out of this one. And maybe it'll be entertaining and fireworks. They certainly were selling it at the press conference, et cetera. I always love this man's insight. Uh, Keith Idick, you're fantastic. Follow him at Idick Boxing, I-D-E-C, Idick Boxing, boxingscene.com. I know you are busy. Thank you for letting me bother you. I always appreciate having you. I did not belittle you about your New York Knicks who are (laughs) floundering around at the trade deadline, et cetera. It's a lost (laughs) cause. Uh, We're on to the off season, apparently uh, there on that. Uh, But I always love the insight here, uh, talking the fistic art, the sweet science and talking some boxing here on the big fight weekend podcast. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, TJ. I appreciate the kind words and the praise as always. And look, as it relates to the Knicks, don't kick a dog when it's down, man. we got enough problems, you know. Won't give you too hard of a time, that's for sure on that. Thank you, Keith. We will pause here. We'll come back. We'll go over the fight odds and make a couple of predictions to put a bow on this Big Fight Weekend podcast. Stay with us. But first, we're brought to you in part by WinBet, which is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, 
and New York. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need. And don't forget about all the props available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. The best part is you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for WinBet each hour Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During that WinBet win hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet to give you an even larger payout opportunity. So you can sign up now even if you miss Thursday and you get the special offer to bet $10 to win $200. Download Bet and Win. Download that WinBet app now and visit wynnbet.com to start winning. So again, whatever the props are, and I love Aaron Donald as the guy to maybe win the MVP, getting fantastic odds there. I also like things like Cooper Cup to get over uh, 100 receiving yards and maybe parlay that uh, with a touchdown. I think Joe Burrow uh, will also have a couple of touchdowns in this game on that prop as well. Mix and match with WinBet. Offers are subject to change. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to winbet.com and you must be 21 or older and present in the state where to play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And remember, with WinBet, you download, you bet, you win. W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. January was PropSwap's biggest month ever as bettors from all across the country cashed their Super Bowl futures like Jamie from New York, who sold a $100 25-to-1 Bengals ticket for the Super Bowl for a 1000 bucks. The buyer got great odds, and Jamie made 10 times the money that he bet on that futures bet on Cincinnati. 
The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Manscaped. I'm excited to announce that Manscaped has launched their Ultra Premium Collection. Believe it or not, it's not for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for everyday men, and it covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off with the free shipping code SGP. And look, we know that Manscaped has the lawnmower 4.0 that is precise at trimming below the waist. They also, though, have this advanced skin-safe technology, and it reduces your cuts in the most delicate areas. Well, now you can enhance all of your grooming with this ultra-premium collection. It includes premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, two-in-one shampoo conditioner, plus a free gift of a three-pack of lip balm that is made up with ingredients like vitamin E, peppermint, eucalyptus, etc. You get four products and a gift in the ultra-premium collection. What a big-time score and all of the products. Again, guys, you hop in the shower, scrub a dub, dub the body with the Manscaped body wash, lather up the hair with the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, dry off and use the hydrating body moisturizer, use the Manscaped deodorant, put on the lip balm, and you are ready to go. Get the ultra premium collection. It's hot off the shelves. And right now, get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code SGP at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off with our promo code SGP at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We do come back in one more time here. It is the only boxing program you need for previews, reviews, all of it, uh, everything that's going on. I did not get a chance to talk with Keith Eidick uh, about the George Cambosis uh, World Lightweight title defense that is coming later this summer, it would appear. They have saved a date. You know, you get the whole save a date thing, uh, whether it's graduation season, wedding season, whatever, save the date. Save the date. Uh, for what Sunday, June 5th, I believe it is, in Australia, which would be Saturday night, prime time, with the time difference, June the 4th, uh, for Cambosis to defend the undisputed lightweight title uh, belts that he won off Teofimo Lopez 
uh, last year in November. Cambosis believed to be fighting Vasily Lomachenko. Very intriguing fight. Lomachenko has been a globe trotter, uh, willing to fight the, the likes of Luke Campbell in England, fought in Las Vegas, fought at Madison Square Garden, fought in Los Angeles. He'll go to Australia, apparently, in what would be a lucrative showdown for the former undisputed champion fighting the current undisputed champion. And I know the WBC says that Devin Haney has a version of their world championship, but Cambosis is declared as their franchise champ. He beat the guy that beat the guy. He beat Teofimo, who beat... Vasily Lomachenko, who had the WBC belt, Cambosis is undisputed, and he should be able to dictate terms. Uh, and it's rather obvious at this point that it looks like Lomachenko is going to be the guy. Devin Haney and DAZN and, and Matchroom Boxing can't come up with enough of a financial package to make it worthwhile for Cambosis, who's got a lot of leverage here. He's got all the titles. He's the champ. We'll see how that part uh, works out. All right, so uh, good enough on that. Thanks again to Keith Eidek for hanging out here. Two fight cards this weekend of note. Again, one in Manchester, England, and the other uh, coming in Tijuana, Mexico. We start first with the showdown in Manchester that we were talking about earlier, the uh, headlining fight is Amir Khan against Kel Brook. Uh, again, the welterweights, uh, Kel Brook, the former IBF world welterweight champ, Amir Khan, former junior welterweight world champion, uh, lost in a couple of unsuccessful bids uh, to be world welterweight champ, including most recently against Terrence Crawford. That is a 12-round battle Saturday afternoon. Again, Sky Sports has it in the UK, ESPN+. Plus in the United States for that matchup with Khan and Brooke coming. Uh, the co-feature fight, Natasha Jonas, a British star against Chris Namus, vacant WBO Women's Junior Middleweight Championship fight that is coming up on Saturday afternoon as part of that card. Uh, again, for Amir Khan and for Kel Brook, as we look at the odds uh, for that fight, fairly even. Again, both of these guys at 35 years of age. Brooke actually the favorite, minus 165. Khan at 140 as the underdog. Khan out of the ring the last two and a half years. Uh, at least Kell Brook fought more recently than that, losing to Terrence Crawford at the end of 2020. So it's only about a year and a half for him. The over-under nine and a half rounds uh, for this one. I'm not so sure that this is not an Amir Khan stoppage here with Brook with the problems with the fractured eye orbital on more than one occasion. The eye was bothering him against Terrence Crawford and he was beaten down and beaten out of there quickly. We'll see how that one goes. All right, the other fight card for short investment term purposes for our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast is the DAZN Golden Boy Promotions fight card headlined by Jaime Munguia, the unbeaten WBO middleweight champ. We were talking briefly with Keith Idek about that in the last segment. Uh, Munguia comes in as a minus 1,200 favorite over American Demetrius Ballard, Meech Ballard. Uh, Demetrius Ballard is a plus 600 underdog. Munguia, big-time puncher. Uh, continues to to lurk as a possible WBO vacant title holder uh, championship contender here. They, they've never made the fight. I don't understand why the WBO never ordered Demetrius Andrade and and uh, Jaime Munguia to fight over the course of the last year and a half, two years. It hasn't happened. It looks like Andrade's going to move up to 168 pounds. So Munguia may be fighting for the vacant belt coming up if he's impressive. We don't have an under-over prop here, but I would suspect the under-over would be like six and a half rounds. And I might be inclined on the under from Munguia. There's going to be a crowd of over 20,000 in Tijuana, maybe more, uh, for this fight for the uh, Mexican hero that will be battling there on the DAZN Golden Boys show. The co-feature is William Zapeta, Luis Vietas, that are lightweights. Big Mexican flair on this card, including Rafael Espinoza in action as a featherweight contender. 
So again, that is a Saturday evening show in Tijuana for the uh, the matchup with Munguia and Ballard coming on Saturday night. We're intrigued by all of this. Again, a reminder that we'll be writing in the preview mode and the recap mode of the Big Fight Weekend uh, website, bigfightweekend.com. However you found us and wherever you found us here on the podcast, read the website, bigfightweekend.com. And again, follow or subscribe on the podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe and find us there uh, on any of those podcast outlets. And it comes automatically to you, usually as a Friday afternoon preview podcast heading into the weekend. If developments warrant and they're big enough, we'll come back in with a recap podcast. And we've done that in the past. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury fights, Canelo Alvarez fights, the biggest names in boxing when they're fighting. We will come back in and do a recap podcast. And also if, if uh, breaking news warrants, and if you're subscribed, you get it automatically uh, if you're following us. Again, uh, thank you to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com for helping promote us. I'm merely TJ Reeves. My thanks also to Keith Eidek, boxingscene.com, hanging out, dropping some knowledge here on the podcast as well. For now, we are good. Let's see what happens this weekend in Manchester, England with Con Brook. Uh, the welterweights, kind of the geriatric welterweights, one of them 35, the other one now about to be 36 years old. Fight should have happened at least four or five years ago, but they are fighting. And as Keith said, this is a, this is a big deal in the UK. It's a big deal in England among the fight fans. They're going to be rabid. It's going to be sold out in Manchester. We'll see what happens there. We'll see if Munguia gets an impressive knockout that gets him a middleweight title shot. And we'll obviously keep up with all the news and much more uh, in the recap mode and next week, including the action. Uh, that's coming in the coming weeks for uh, the end of February and March for sure. Next week, it's undisputed junior welterweight title fight in Scotland for Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall, a mandatory challenger for him. we got that fight to talk about next week on the podcast. That's for next week, though. For now, we're good for this week. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. <laughs>